Thank you, Heavenly Father. <laughs> we have come to deliver you at the appointed time, Legion, Myriad, Throngs. I love it. Those three different measurements used in the Gospels. For crowd sizes, legion, myriad, and throng. <laughs> 6,000, 15,000, and innumerable beyond counting. Thank you, Father, for outer court, inner court, and holy place measurements. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let everybody get situated. I love you so much. There's a God in Israel who answers prayer. The blood of the cross is the throne of the kingdom of Israel. Trump is making peace with Israel, and 11 nations have signed peace treaties so far. Isn't that incredible? 11 nations that were formerly not even recognizing Israel as a nation, some of them, because they were so hostile, have signed peace treaties, opening up trade routes. Do you realize we are going into a golden age? <laughs> this is going to be so wild. Every negative thing on the planet that has harmed human life is under attack by the angels of Yahweh, Yeshua, and Ruach. It's a beautiful thing. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Woo! Go through that dimensional portal of the Lamb right there on your screen a little longer. That'd be really good for you. Yeah. That's your umbilical cord to God the Father's belly. You're born of the Father's spirit. <laughs> you don't really have a silver cord like you did in the Old Covenant. You have an umbilical cord of blood in the New Covenant called the river of life. It's literally an umbilical cord. A tube or a... like a wormhole, like on Star Trek. Help you transport right into new dimensions of glory. Get really wild for you. Hallelujah. Welcome, guys. Praise the Lord. It's a new day, it's a new dawn in the land of the rising suns. The land of the rising bride. Heavenly Father, we ask you to breathe new life into our souls. Ruach HaKadosh, the Ruach of Jesus. The breath of the Almighty, fill your nostrils and give you 
breath and give you life. Thank you, Father. Wow. The dimensions of the Lamb. Remember when Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land, what did they bring back to show Israel how good it was? Giant grapes for making wine, the scriptures say. That was the evidence of the promised land was wine, and wine is the symbol of blood. Do you know why Jesus called his blood new wine in the New Testament? We say new wine. We know it's a blood covenant. I'll tell you why. Because we're no longer in the blood of animals. We're in the blood of God. Old covenant was old wine, which was old blood. What was the old wine? The sacrifice of the animal. The bull, the sheep, the goat, the dove, the ram. All of it killed and the blood sprinkled on the people for the covering of their sins. That's the power of the blood of the earth. What about the blood of heaven? Haven't you read Revelation 22? A man's blood ascended into heaven. A spotless lamb has been risen out of the earth from amongst us into the heavens to change our blood and to give us new blood, new wine. So we're not stuck in the animals. Jesus said it'd be like the days of Noah, but it'd be very different. Like doesn't mean the same. It's very different because it's a new wine. It's a new ark, a new covenant, new blood. Divine blood is ever increasing ecstasy surging through your veins and arteries. Any Thing you've ever felt in your flesh, in your feelers, we call them feelers. Put your feelers out and you can sense what's in people. Many of you watching right now discern spirits. We just got invited to be admins in this new uh, group, Unconditional Self Love on Facebook. And the first day, another admin says, I see the angel Sophia is ministering with you. I said, what is the discernment amongst these people? Astonishing accuracy. You don't, I don't even see prophets. The rare, rare in my life in Christian churches have I met prophets that accurate. The prophetic gifting amongst these in the New Age is astonishing. These are extremely spiritual people and many times extremely accurate. And we're going to continue to love, bless, teach, nourish, and do everything we can every day for everyone to come into the new wine because people are completely ready to drink it. We're not going to bring the Christian religion. No one wants that. It's not spiritual. We need the blood of God. Just like the new series that came out on Netflix, The Blood of Zeus, prophesying the blood of God. Hallelujah. And you got every paranoid schizophrenic Christian saying it's talking about the fallen angels. Listen, it prophesies a better word. Prophetic means don't interpret things negatively through the scope and vision of the fall anymore. 
Don't see through sin's eyes. Don't see through darkness eyes. See through the blood's eyes. Revelation 5, 6 says, Vision comes from the Lamb, speaking the cross of His blood. Meaning you can only see if you're receiving the divine blood, the new wine, the new blood. There's a river of life. As the Messiah ascended into the heavens, He gave us the river. People call it the circle of life because it is circular. It is a river of life that circles through the blood of the nations. Humanity is one blood. Scientific fact, DNA tested, that all human blood is within 47th cousins on planet Earth. Black, yellow, red, and white, you are precious in His sight because you are one blood. You're one. You are all at maximum distant relations in blood family relations. The maximum distant is 47th cousins. That's how closely DNA and blood relatives you are with your neighbor. Spirit of Cain says, this isn't my brother. I'm not my brother's keeper. It denies the truth that you come from the same original source of blood. What was the source of blood? God. Gospel of Luke, Adam is called the son of God. You have Adam's blood. You have Eve's blood. Ancient tradition in Mesopotamia attributes the origin of the communities where we have now the United Arab Emirates, the, the Arab Peninsula, that area there in ancient Mesopotamia, they have tradition, oral tradition and oral history, that there was a first man and a first woman that settled in that area, in the Arabian Peninsula. And you can study it back into ancient Mesopotamia. You can study it back into ancient Sumeria. The Sumerians knew Adam and Eve. They knew the first man. They called him the red man. Why? Because he was so red from fresh blood. Remember, he was depolarized. He was created by God, Adam. So his blood changed when he came out of the Ruach of Yahweh. When he came out of Yeshua, he changed from an angelic son of God, a transfigured son of God, into a natural man. He was the first natural man. Your great-grandfather, Adam. All of you have the same father, if you go back far enough, in your blood, in your DNA, Adam and Eve. And it's a fact. <laughs> it's awesome studying that stuff out. It's all true. That flood was real. Noah was real. Eight were saved through water. This world has been through a lot in a short period of time. Very short. And people say, oh, the earth is billions of years old. Do you realize that time began at the first natural man? Meaning the spiritual man, Adam, lived in eternity. There was no time before he stepped out of the Ruach of Yahweh. You need to understand that. Because people say, oh, the earth is several billion years old. The earth has been here for an eternal time. Okay, Scripture talks about time in the realm of the glory as eternity of the eternities. 
You're going back through eternities. <laughs> How long is an eternity? Probably a billion years in Earth's time. Hello? You read the verse. You know it's in there multiple times. Eternity of the eternities. So there's even measurement in the glory. But it's a completely different system of measurement. And so our measurements change as we go from glory to glory. You see the measurements of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He goes from legion to myriad to throngs. Goes from water to fire to wine. Different levels, different measurements, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. You understand that Jesus is a perfect teacher, meaning he only taught from experience. If he said 30-fold, that means there were times he was ministering 30-fold. Does that mean the rest of it was not perfect? No, it just means the rest of it was probably the man, Jesus of Nazareth. Remember, he had Mary's body. Never sinned with it, but he grew in the light of the Father through a natural body, through bones. The record of Mary's bones in his body contained all of Israel in it. He came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but sin is according to the spirit and not the t-shirt of your blood suit. Hello? Sin is according to the heart. Iniquity is what it's called. Not according to the outer man, but the inner man. So if the inner man is the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ conceived of the Holy Spirit, and the outer man is Mary, a young teenage girl who clearly had a sinful nature, she's coming with her other children to Jesus to take him home and to end the Messiah's ministry in the Gospels. So Mary had to completely clean up her act and repent thousands of times. And she did. And she's wonderful. And she did awesome ministry. She's right there at the cross with Mary Magdalene and Mary of Bethany, the three Marys. What are they doing? They're in the Holy of Holies. They're right there at the throne of the Lamb with John. Hallelujah. That's ultimate repentance, people. Ultimate change, ultimate transformation is the same exact path that the only God and the only Creator came through and walked through and ascended while He was here. This needs to be your metamorphosis. You need to see clearly how the angel of the Lord came in seed form and was formed inside of a young girl's belly, born of flesh, born of water, later on, born again. He's the pioneer of salvation. You understand what pioneer of salvation means? That there's nothing we could ever experience unless he experienced it before us because he pioneered the path of every man and woman that would follow him for eternity future. If Jesus wasn't born again, you can't be born again. What do you think the baptism of water and the baptism of the dove was? That was his born again experience. He wasn't Jesus Christ before that. No, he wasn't. He didn't call himself that. The Father didn't call him that because they don't lie. They don't exaggerate. He was Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son. And at the river Jordan, when he got born again, he became Jesus Christ, the Son of God. His last name changed from Joseph's name. Don't you know as a child growing up in the family of David, of Bethlehem and Nazareth, 
he would have had Joseph's last name. There's no record on the planet of Jesus of Nazareth having Joseph's last name. It, the Holy Ghost erased it from existence. That's how powerful he is to delete sin. And what is the last name of the carpenter's son from Nazareth? Christ. What is your last name if you're in his flesh? The bride of Christ? The, the wife of the Lamb? Do you understand the type of divinity that was imparted into you by grace? This is the most extreme stuff that you can't even comprehend it right now. The, the human brain cannot calculate that level of change. You hear these words and the natural reaction of the natural mind is just a scoff, scorn, no, 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 how can this be true? Now we're of the divine nature, we've married God. Real Christianity, that's the furthest thing than from church made in buildings made by human hands. This is not a human event. There is not one human thing about metamorphosis. The Holy Ghost, the Ruach of Yahweh, completely changes everything head to toes. What does the Bible say? Behold, I make all things new. <laughs> all First, first and foremost, the Spirit. If anyone is joined to the Lord Jesus, he becomes one Spirit. The Spirit is primary. You are a Spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. As you, If you live as spirits long enough and yield your brain, your natural man, your brain, to your Spirit, you'll develop an angelic nature. That's the real you. That is... The most precious thing when you come across people that have attached their mind to their spirit by grace, by grace and love, and by truth. There's truth raining from the sky all over the world. Truth didn't need to come from an evangelist for people to receive it. Cups have been overflowing with truth for thousands of years. They'd go into... African tribes, missionaries in the 1800s, and they'd find that these people had some kind of angel visit them and tell them about a man that died on a tree, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost already. Some of them could understand their languages. People think that they're so special, that my calling and my office is so important. The issue is, out of these rocks, he could raise new evangelists, new prophets, the only thing special here is Jesus and you realizing and giving him the glory and the credit. The fivefold has become the most idolatrous thing and corrupt thing. I mean, it's worse than the deep state because we expect that kind of behavior out of the Illuminati and the 13 crowned families of the Red Dragon. But we don't expect that kind of behavior out of fivefold ministry, but we, we have it now. The abuse of authority is so severe that you come out of ritual abuse, not just in experience, but levels and layers of it. You are buried under layers of ritual abuse from all religion that's in the world. And the most deceptive one is when you get born again and you have the Holy Ghost and even start speaking in tongues. And then you get around people that use the gifts and use the callings that are irrevocable for their own power. For their own authority and not for the power and authority of the, of the Lamb. 
Revelation says that all power and authority have to be given to the Lamb. Do you understand that means to the blood of his cross? So that anyone that's in authority that is not crucified with Christ on the tree, but is living out of their humanity, is an abusive leader and is practicing ritual abuse upon you every time you go to church. It doesn't matter what their intentions are, guys. It matters if it's the blood of the cross or not. There's no gray area. If it's not Gethsemane, Calvary, and Christ crucified on the tree, it is abusive religiosity. 100% of the time. And so, when we come and begin to drink the new wine of the divine blood, all of those layers of I think I'm going to get beat up for doing wrong, suck up anointing, brown nosing, fear of man, all of it is perverse and wicked. Goes away. Why? Because you're intoxicated on the divine nature. The drinking of the blood of Jesus is the only ritual prescribed in the new covenant. Everything else comes out of that cup. I mean, people take communion with the little Welch's crackers and they'll, they'll think they're getting into freedom when they do it with coffee and donuts. But I'm telling you, there has to be a literal drinking of the Holy Spirit manifesting the blood of His cross in order for you to continue to change into the God's level of freedom. It's all about freedom. Jesus came for freedom. It's for freedom I set you free to live in perfected liberty out of all religious captivity. And it comes by simply the blood transfusion, the dimension of the Lamb. That realm of glory is the promised land, like we were talking about in the beginning. What was the evidence from Joshua and Caleb? You could have brought anything. You could have brought a sword. Look at these giant swords. Look at the giant wheat. They had all kinds of Jurassic stuff going on there crop manipulation. They had all kinds of fallen angel technology in Canaan. Okay. Goliath's 12 foot tall. Og, king of Bashan's 16 foot tall. The measurements are written in scripture. It's literal. These were the Nephilim, the sons of the fallen angels. They had mated with the sirens of hell, took watchers, the wives of the fallen angels, and they're called sirens. And these things that were in the promised land had fallen angel technology to develop stuff that was of Jurassic and giant size. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes, the Israelites proclaimed. Out of all the Jurassic giant fallen angel technology that they could have brought and said, hey, we're going to take it. Remember, Old Covenant was the natural dimension. It was all about the externalism of practicing the external anointing. Look at the external evidence of the promised land. Would they bring grapes for making wine? The evidence of the Canaanite promised land to Israel was in one expression only. Out of nations, there were seven nations in Canaan. Could have brought anything, guys. Do you understand that? Any household item. You could have brought household items of the giants. Look at all this stuff. Look at the gold. Didn't bring gold. Didn't bring silver brought grapes, brought huge Jurassic wine grapes. It was the wine that was the symbol of the promised land, meaning it's not about the water. Could have brought water. Could have brought fire. It wasn't about the fire. Those things are extremely important. Those are entry-level drugs, you could call them. Living water, holy fire. 
Is it about fire and glory? No, it's not. It's about the wine of his blood. <laughs> the promised land is not in the water or the fire, only in the blood. 30, 60, 100 fold. Water is 30 fold. Fire is 60 fold. Blood, which is new wine, God's blood, living in the blood realm, the blood glory, is the true hundredfold. Now, there are multiple layers and dimensions in all these things. And everything Jesus spoke had a realm inside the word. Hebrew teaching was when you'd speak things, you'd see visions. It would consume your five physical senses. A good Hebrew teacher would paint pictures with every word. You would continuously visionate. He called them sheep. Why? Because when sheep gorge on good pasture, they go into trances and pass out. So when you're a good shepherd or a good teacher, a good pastor, you'll be teaching so much spiritual glory and wisdom that people will get so full that they'll go into trances, which are called ecstasies, which are states of meditation written everywhere in the New Testament and Old that you need to live in a continual trance. The gospel will put you in a continual trance. Living in the glory cloud is living tranced out 24-7. doesn't mean that you're just like a drug addict zombie that can't do anything because you go from absorption to concentration every single time. Absorption means you're whacked out. You just gorged on the teacher's food. You're tranced out. Now all those words, all that impartation, all that feasting on the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ that came through a crucified one, Someone who's on the cross, meaning someone who's on the throne of the Lamb and a true overcomer who's teaching from the promised land with the demonstration of wine. You drink, you drink impartation of the blood, and you trance out. When you get back up, last night after the sermon, I went home, tranced out the hardest I've ever tranced out for three hours. Woke up at two in the morning. Everything felt completely different. Never had anything like that happen to me in my entire life. My whole brain felt like it was being injected by needles of love and joy and peace and heaven of the blood of Jesus in I mean thousands of needles all around my brain I couldn't function I just had to lay down like a three-hour trance I got up and it was a whole new world I feel completely different today there is nothing like the blood of Jesus the fire of God does not even compare you could be in Pentecostal tongues of fire for the last 50 years in the highest level charismatic activity, even dead raisings, and be totally oblivious to these blood realms. I'm telling you, it's the blood of the wine of the promised land that is the only true evidence of where the Christian is going on their pilgrimage where the spiritual man and the heavenly man and the heavenly woman are walking through this world, which is the valley of the shadow of death. Well, if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, then you might need the life that is in the blood. Don't think it. Don't plead it. Don't analyze it. Don't reason it. Don't study the blood. Total wasted time. Drink it. The Holy Spirit is the blood of Jesus. It's true. Think about it. Jesus ascended into the cloud 40 days later on the day of Pentecost when they were all together in one accord. Winds came right through the room. Winds rushing 
fire cloven tongues separating and resting on the 120. And where did the fire take them? To the cross. Every single person there was crucified. <laughs> so, it takes you to the cross, but in the realm of the natural, the demonic and the principalities killed every single one of them. Every single person in that room died. Most of them, the most brutal, beautiful, martyrdom deaths you could ever experience. Peter crucified upside down in Rome. There's records of all 11 of the apostles dying intense martyrdom deaths. And you know what? That's them dying on the cross, people. Can you take up your cross and follow me? Jesus said. And they said, yes. And guess what? They all did. <laughs> As they grew in the glory of God, the external hatred towards the divine light, the divine blood, the divine race that was being formed in their hearts and minds. The Holy Ghost was changing them, metamorphosizing them into the same type of being that Adam and Eve were before they were natural man and natural woman. When they were supernatural man and supernatural woman. They had lived as fully angelic divine creatures with dominion over the entire universe of stars and blood. Total dominion. Adam and Eve ruled the world for an eternity. It was an eternity in the garden. It's true. After an eternity, probably a few eternities, is when they listened to the snake. And when they listened to the snake and got into the serpent nature, their blood changed. Their blood lost almost all the life that was in it. From living eternal lives, not even knowing what time is, never even seeing the light of the sun because the light of their blood was so supernaturally brighter. They were the lights of the world. And every other light, every other creature, all the luminaries, all the angels were so small compared to them that they were literally under their feet. They walked with the Father in the coolness of the day. Adam and Eve were created equal to the Father. My son and my daughter. A son and daughter is equal to the mother and the father. And they grow up oftentimes to be even greater in every family you've ever known. <laughs> son and daughter is more gifted. They learn from the previous generation and amplified the wisdom and just because we left the supernatural flesh, the transfigured celestial flesh, the flesh of the stars of the heavens, that can live eternal lives, and we fell so far down under the serpent in the garden, and when our blood could live billions of years, now it only lives decades, we still had an advancement of our spirit life in every generation since our first father and our first mother. It's true. Eve's offspring, her heel, crushed the snake, the reptilian race, the fallen angel race of the fallen cherubim and the fallen seraphim underfoot. Already did. It's ancient history, people. 
Now you are just awakening to what has already happened. See, it can be already done in the realm of the Spirit by God and by thousands of men and women that have pioneered before you were even here, but you are in total ignorance to it because it takes the Word of God to activate it in your lives. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God, and it activates the ancient scroll. That's why you have all these teachers. There's millions of teachers. There's millions of schools, thousands and tens of thousands of universities, all listening, hearing, learning, activating. Some in the spiritual dimension, most in the natural dimension. Where we are evolving is in the spiritual dimension to take dominion over the natural dimension by the hope of glory. I've been preaching about the hope of glory of you realizing your divinity in Christ in you and seeing the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb, seeing the cross of His blood rising in your hearts. If you can look within and see the cross of His blood, Holy Spirit, angel armies, open their eyes, let them see the morning star within. And the morning star shall rise in your hearts and your days shall dawn, it is written. That internal hope of glory is not actually the deepest layer of understanding the glory. That's one of the more shallow levels of interpretation of Scripture. But we haven't done that, and so it needed to be preached and taught for years. There are seven levels of revelation to every verse in the Bible, and the hope of glory that is actually mentioned on a deeper level than just realizing Christ within is the transfiguration of the flesh, the glory of the new man, the Philippians chapter 3, having the same celestial body as Jesus Christ, pioneering salvation. So in order to be saved in a deeper level of glory, you have to first realize the glory. You have to first find the river within you. Out of your belly flows the rivers of living water. You have to start birthing the living waters out of your womb, Men have wombs. Women have wombs. Your divine nature had a womb in it. The womb of the morning star. The womb of the morning. It's written everywhere in the Bible. The womb. The place of birthing all eternal things. That's what makes you creators. That's what makes you gods. Psalms 82. Have I not said you are gods? Hebrew word Elohims. Creators. How can you create? By birthing. We know birthing and creating. A man and woman can create a child through a womb in the natural first, Scripture says, then in the spiritual. Now you are learning how to create eternal things by being gods, creators, Elohims. No, that was Old Covenant. Now, Yahweh's. Truth is, you have a Yahweh nature, not an Elohim nature, and you actually have both. But for teaching purposes, you need to understand your big G's and not little G's. Because there's no son and daughter, you know, that are not equal to the Father. That's religion. That's the fallen angels, the reptilian race of evil spirits that's still stealing your birthright. We've been robbed big time, huge amounts of stealing. Satan is coming only to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. The most valuable things that he's stolen 
from Adam and Eve's children, all the nations, is our divinity. And a lot of people can embrace the divine, but the divinity of Yahweh is a little different. The divinity of God the Father is a lot different than other gods, even amongst Christian areas of maturity where they've taught in divinity and godliness. These are all verses that speak of these descriptions of your spiritual growth. Becoming like the Father is completely other. You have no grid for it. You have no grid for it coming out of New Age. You have no grid for it coming out of Christianity. Because the kingdom of heaven's divinity is a level of creatordom that's beyond Elohim. It's beyond human. There's literally zero part human in this. Zero. And 100% Father. So you have to start to see the Father as who He is first and knowing that that nature of the Father, the spirit of adoption by which we cry Abba, is growing in you. And if you're adopted into the divine class of beings that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper, that you too likewise will create heavens and earth with a whisper. What do you think the new heavens and the new earth is? The Yahwehs, the sons that are equal to the Father, the mature ones that have the full nature and bear the full image of the Father, the light being, is fully formed in them to create a new heavens and a new earth where true love dwells, which is righteousness. Righteousness is such a religious word. It's just horrible when I use it and I cringe half the time because I know no one understands what it is. It's actually love. Divine love is righteousness. You are only righteous to the measure you are practicing divine love. And you say love, and people don't know what love is. It's not being nice, although clearly you're not going to be mean. You might be mean to their demons. <laughs> it's hard to sometimes separate them with the surgical sword of the Spirit, and so people get offended all the time. But you're learning how to be better surgeons. You can actually put a person down in the wine of the new covenant, in the strong mixed drink of, the, of his love, of his glory, of his angelic ecstasy, so that it doesn't hurt people when you extract the sin from their blood, when you remove the crocodile of the Nile, when you remove the foul bird's influence in the seed of the fallen angels. It doesn't need to be a horrible process. That's why he gave you wine. And there is stuff in this wine that will knock you out. There is stronger wine. Jesus Christ said there were levels of wine and measures of wine. That's why he said the last wine would be the best wine. Because the, all the other wines you've drank of different types of teaching the gospel for thousands of years were clearly not the best wine. Most of them are so religious, it's just appalling. And it needs to be appalling. Thank God we kept growing. Aren't you glad the new covenant is we go from glory to glory that we're not stuck on Martin Luther 500-year-old revelation? Where it's like, well, I know you can't buy the forgiveness of sins, but he, he's still, you know, a Ku Klux Klan type racist and hated the Jews. So I'm just saying that you have to, of, of course, you clearly forgive people because people are evolving only in a small amount of their divine nature. Everything else is total sin and darkness in everyone except for the measure of Christ's grace in their spirit that's transformed their soul. So the divinity is usually a very small part of the human being. And so the rest of it is just all darkness and sin and wickedness and politics and selfishness and pride. And people look at that and they say, oh, the Christians are the biggest hypocrites. Well, so are you. 
no one can live up to being a good person it's not possible you do the best you can but truly only the goodness of his glory is able to do anything and that's called the spirit of grace that works in us with superhuman energy which god the father mightily enkindles and stirs up in your bellies so that you're running on a different type of fuel now that's outside of self outside of you outside of your ability outside of your elohim human godliness scripture even says that the humans were gods creators building cities is creating it's the elohim nature the yahweh nature builds heavens builds spiritual dimensions builds glory dimensions that are deeper layers into the spirit world where the natural man can live in a promised land of love so you have elohim nature which is for every human being every human being has an elohim nature you can work at starbucks and be a creator of a cappuccino takes an elohim to create that you used water you used air you mixed elements there was all kinds of changes and it changed something that was just not even edible into something delicious that takes the Elohim nature you build a house you build a garage it's Elohim nature it's godliness of the human not to be denied because it's clearly written in the scriptures now the new covenant is the new wine it's a, tif- a totally different level of godliness it creates realms for the gods that's why he's called in Psalms God of gods levels and measurements never denying anyone else's divinity just happy that they even believe half that stuff and they're not just completely beating themselves up all the time just happy that they have any self-esteem at all you can rejoice in anything you can build yourself up in anything because you are gods and you've been given the ability to create anything you can put your mind to and that is not to be shot down that is wonderful and it's good you build roads we use roads don't shoot down the natural man build up the spirit man and it glorifies the natural man and their abilities evolve from Elohim to Yahweh so that's the Christian life that's true Christianity is taking Elohim's and turning them into Yahweh's with a higher level of blood the blood of Jesus which is divine blood and giving them drinks of blood you know you are what you drink when something's bad they say don't drink that Kool-Aid why because their teaching is an impartation their blood is an impartation it will change your life but if you drink the blood of God guess what it imparts his godliness it imparts his abilities into you and the more you drink the more the divine nature automatically spills out of you everywhere you go you will be transforming people at the highest level of divinity simply by being a drinker Gideon's 300 represent a people that could change civilization as apostles simply by wild drinking getting completely out of the religious nature completely out of the human nature see and that's the thing the human nature has got all this ability that is called Elohim creator ability but we have to show off the Yahweh creator ability I go and prepare a place for you levels of building 
This is the rock that I will build my church on. So you have Peter in the natural dimension, Jesus going into layers of the glory dimension of the eternity of the eternities. Scripture says he went through those realms of time into the eternity of the eternities, into the actual throne of all celestial orbit, that everything of time and space now orbits around the Lord Jesus. It's true and it's written in Scripture. It's called the throne of the eternity of the eternities. So that Peter, as a rock on earth, was building with the human race of Elohim's back up to where the Lord Jesus was in the eternity of the eternity, layer upon layer, precept upon precept, line upon line, level upon level, glory to glory, dimension to dimension, until the Elohim race becomes the divine race of Yahweh's, building up by carrying their cross and going deeper in the spirit, generation after generation, for thousands of years. And that's what's happened. And we have come to a mark as a humanity, corporately, globally, as one blood of one earth, to entering a promised land of divinity like never before. People call it the age of Aquarius. They call it all these names. Let them. I love the creativity. I love the expressions. All of those zodiac symbols are in the Bible anyway. Let them speak that creative freedom and let the Christians stop being so religious. It doesn't mean we start following fairy spirits that are pretending to be good that are demons. I mean, you got to have some wisdom too. We're still following the spirit of truth into all truth. But when you plant a seed of the gospel and you develop Elohims into Yahweh's, you let it grow organically and they will bring their own fruit out of the own, their own soil of their own heart will be a creative expression that will bring another facet to the many-sided complicated wisdom of God, which is the mind of Christ. The divine mind of God that takes all nations, all tribes, all tongues to reflect all the sides of our Creator. It's true. It takes all nations, guys. We are so prideful to think that individually we could fully manifest all of God's nature. That will take hundreds and hundreds of years. Jesus couldn't do it on earth. He says, it's advantageous that I go to the Father. I'm not saying he's not the exact representation of the visible God. It's just the limitations of how fallen humanity was. They couldn't see it. Most of the world didn't believe in him in his resurrection state. Hello? Most of the world doesn't believe in him now as he's transforming civilization into Yahweh's Jesus Christ, firstborn amongst many. So, clearly there are levels of revealing the divine nature and we are so rigid in our theology that we don't have space for evolution especially in our teaching our doctrines are prison bars people when they rock write down their sound doctrines and their their states of faith clearly there are things that are always written in blood the blood of jesus saves let it be the cup of the new covenant only let that be the foundation for all sound doctrine, the drinking of the blood so you can change into his exact divine nature. But as far as other doctrines and theologies, most of them evolve. We are not interpreting the scripture today anywhere near where they were 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago. 
Why? Because our spirit has grown in wisdom progressively as a people. If you allow yesterday's interpretation to apply to you today, it becomes moldy bread. That's the symbolism of the manna, which is the bread of heaven, the teaching of Jesus Christ. The teaching is alive, meaning it can't just be in prison bars. It's this way, this interpretation. That's nonsense. It's evolving. It's growing. It's a seed. You hear the seed and they say, oh, seed only. And then they persecute it when it sprouts roots. Oh, roots, heretic. God forbid it actually grows up like a shoot like Jack and the Beanstalk and carries you up into the heavens. Then you're a real heretic. Then they'll try to chop your head off. Everything that's taught from God grows. We can't be stagnant. We can't have boxes. And it's so sad. I've experienced this so much in 15 years of full-time ministry, how the previous generation just couldn't grow anymore. They just capped out. And that's all they could do. And we honor the measure that they brought. But we need to come into the realms of eternity. Limitlessness in directions of spiritual growth. And this stuff can't be fringe or cutting edge or extreme. It's like you're just coming out of your prison boxes, people. You're just coming into the impossibilities of God where all things are possible. (laughs) You're coming into the infiniteness of the all directions of the Holy Spirit. The Ruach, the four winds of heaven. The Ruach, the four winds of earth. And the Ruach of the four rivers of heaven and the Ruach of the four rivers of earth. And how the waters and the winds are always expanding inside your hearts. I preach to awaken hearts. What happens when they're awake? The tent stakes of your heart expand and grow until the tent stakes are a huge super dome of glory that encapsulates the whole planet. Meaning that little box is the size of your spiritual container. You could call it your ark of your covenant with God. You want a little ark? This ark can grow. You're not limited to just the gold types and shadows of the old covenant. Your spirit is an ark. And what do they put in the ark? The word of God. The Ten Commandments. The manna. Aaron's staff that budded. The feasting of the Word of God that brings the leadership and expansion of your own spiritual ark until your ark becomes the tabernacle of David. That's what the shelter of David is, is the ark, the open ark. There were no walls around the ark. It was a type and shadow in King David's day in Israel of when there will be no more walls around the human spirit. And the human spirit will be a gigantic ark that will consume all flesh and the flesh and blood won't rule over the human spirit but the human spirit will rule over the animal of flesh and blood it's called taking dominion over the animals of the earth it's the commandment of genesis the genesis of man was to have dominion over flesh dominion over blood by the spirit wow and we couldn't do it could we nope we failed miserably and we still fail every day but we have the blood And his blood has already defeated all our enemies that fight our divinity, that fight our dominion, our power and strength. And as you drink it, it changes your ability to his ability as creator of all creation and you rise in his blood. It's called the river of life. 
you're growing in dominion and your spirit is becoming your eyes your spirit is becoming your ears your senses your perception are being glorified as your spirit is energized by the divine blood hallelujah so your spirit has the ability to become as big as you have have faith for do you understand that but there are levels that your spirit can grow that you need certain truths to be added into your spirit to go to the next degree and dimension of glory to get your spirit bigger and stronger some people's spirits are anemic and weak spirit is willing but the flesh is weak scripture says meaning my spirit is weaker than my flesh why because i don't have enough of the ten commandments which, which means the word of god written on my spirit my heart i don't have enough of aaron's staff divine leadership which is knowing the leader's ways the pioneer of salvation we don't understand his leadership his paths and the manna we're not eating enough you need to feast he's the bread that's come down from heaven our daily feast our daily bread what did jesus say when you pray pray our father in heaven give us our daily bread that's the manna in the ark that's how your spirit grows until the dimension of your spirit wraps the dimension of the natural and that's in the blood of the lamb and so the blood energy and the life energy of the blood the life is in the blood becomes so strong that it encapsulates all the bones and marrow and brains and hearts and it penetrates even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and it judges the thoughts and tensions of the heart what's the judgment it's love judging anything and everyone by being so transformed spiritually that it penetrates all creation and transforms it as you grow in the divine you are judging the human as you grow and resurrect in true spirituality of the holy ghost you will automatically bring judgment upon selfishness wickedness greed lust and perversion envy and strife competitions galore all of it crucified with christ because none of that exists in the divine nature be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect how i can't it's so hard it's so easy it's in the cup of the new covenant it's a blood transfusion the holy spirit is the fullness of jesus christ meaning if you let the holy ghost change your mind and increase your faith the blood of the new covenant is more real than drinking this kombucha the fire you feel of the Holy Ghost is more real than the fire of the candlestick. That the natural dimension, when you have dominion over it by your glory dimension of your spirit, the, the spirit is more real. The spirit dimension is more real than the natural dimension. That's called maturity, people. You are growing into that place of vision. Your senses are changing by drinking his blood and rising and taking dominion your vision and how you see others and interact with others is changing every single day you're beginning to see from above and not below and by above being a love dove from above meaning a covering an apostolic covering means a sacrificial lamb the lamb on the throne is the covering of the new earth that is the dimension of the wine of the everlasting covenant that produces Song of Solomon 2 4. 
the house of wine, which is the new earth. Wine represents blood, so all the blood of the nations made new, mixed with the divine blood by drinkers, by Gideon's 300, and your drinking is producing the reign of the glory, the reign of the new wine, the house of wine is growing within us, the ark within us is no longer just water, just fire, it is now blood, it is now wine, the best wine for last, that everything that has breath would be drinking the dominion of your transfigured spirit and your transfigured senses. We release our spirit through our five gates, like releasing armies from a city. Your spirit's coming out your eyes, your spirit's coming out your ears, your mouth, your nose, and your touch gates continuously, and it's be going out like the dove that was sent from the ark to find olive branches. What is that? Making peace with one another, loving your neighbor as yourself by releasing your spirit into their spirit, and knowing that that person is being joined to you by what the blood of jesus and all the divisions of the tower of babel and the divisions what are the divisions called in galatians chapter 5 the sins of the flesh the sins of the fallen angels divisions and factions are being annihilated as your spirit mixes with their spirit well they're a different tribe not after you get an olive branch not after you send out the dove you just don't love that much yet, and so there's divisions, and that's their tribe, and I'm this tribe. No, blessed are they who unite the tribes on the one mountain of Calvary, Mount Zion. It's one mountain. So anyone that doesn't see us as one is just totally deceived by Satan. <laughs> it's not about your tribe, my tribe, your family, my family, your clan, my clan. That's all Satanism, divisions, and factions. It is written, Galatians 5. It's about one blood, one father, one spirit, one mountain, one God and father of us all. And in him, we all live and move and have our being. So you be very loving to everyone all the time because that person is in the mountain with you. That person is in the garden with you. And God has given you supernatural ability of the sword of the spirit and the word of God to change them by your self-sacrifice. You can release blood so strong that maybe they'll just go away like Judas Iscariot went away. Maybe they'll just go away like the rich young ruler, but they're gone. They're separated. It's divided. It's conquered. There's no backing off and there's no losing as you come into these promised land realms. It's final judgment. When you enter into the blood realm of glory of new wine, it's finalized. It's sealed in blood. When it's written in blood, it's a done deal. When you enter that realm with your whole brain and begin living in the promised land of the hundredfold blood realm of Calvary, Gethsemane, and the cross, you don't have enemies anymore. I mean, the enemy on the cross lasted a few minutes and he's gone. His eyes are getting pecked out by, by ravens. Within minutes, Judas Iscariot's gone, done, decimated. Every single enemy destroyed. Satan destroyed at the place of the cross. It is written. These are the realms of final judgment for every enemy that's been destroying your life. And if you love your enemies, you forgive them and wash them, and the demons are the only ones that are removed. It's the fallen angels inside them that's been giving you a hard time the whole time. And if you have fallen angel seed working in you, serpent seed in you, well, you don't want that final judgment, and you're not ready for the hundredfold blood realm. Because that whole part of you that has Satan in it would die, would be completely obliterated. And so 
There's no hypocrisy in Christ, and that's why you grow from glory to glory, because it's a progressive removing of all the sin and the selfishness of the fallen angels in your entire heart and bloodlines. And it renews your mind as your blood changes. Out of your heart, your mouth speaks, so it starts in the heart, the place of the blood, and then your words progressively change. You embrace judgment, and then it changes your mind. Your mind is getting judged and turning into white stones with new names on it, which is a new nature. White is perfected. No more speck and plankitis of iritis that I'm right, you're wrong by my brain judgments. Now a white stone only releases a superconductor of the love of Jesus towards everyone with the blood goggles on. You're releasing wine through your eyes. Wine coming out your ears. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're gossiping and slandering. It has to get through the blood realm. It has to get through the wine and it just doesn't even enter into the gates. It can't. When you have the pearls of these gates set up in your five gates of your physical body, nothing of hell inside anyone around you could ever enter you. It's impossible because you're a cup of the blood of Jesus that overflows, Psalms 23, and your cup was supremely intoxicating, and my cup overflows. So instead of being influenced by evil, you influence good, and the evil changes because the blood is supreme. We've heard of the headwaters. Minnesota is the headwaters of the Mississippi, which is Ojibwe for Great Spirit River, and we're the riverhead. But I tell you the truth, the headship of the blood of Jesus is the lamb on the throne and the cross of his blood is so far superior than headwaters, you can't even understand it right now. I'm talking about the sovereignty of the bloodlines of the nations. I'm talking about the sovereignty of the river of the red dragon, which is humanity's blood. We are coming into realms of rulership of blood. The wine represents the blood, and true wine is you're drunk on the blood of Jesus. Why is the whore of Babylon drunk on the blood of the saints? Because the saints have not evolved into the blood of Jesus. How could a fallen angel be drunk on the blood of Jesus? It is their end. The fact that their own blood is still in them makes them slaves in Babylon the Great. They weren't mature enough. They didn't drink the blood. So you have a Christianity that doesn't drink the blood, but pleads the blood and thinks the blood. And so the enemy is still drunk on the blood of the saints because there hasn't been di divine dialysis. Once there is a divine dialysis, once you grow in the glory from water, fire, into blood, you think the enemies can drink the blood of Jesus? Have you ever seen a demon drink the It melts the horns off their heads. There's, they literally are incinerated. It is nuclear holocaust, and I've seen it. Water doesn't do it. Fire, they'll jump out of the fire, but the snake still wriggles away. When you bring the blood realm of the wine press of the wrath of the Almighty, speaking of the final destruction of the fallen angels by our promised land, the blood realm, not the fire realm. Fire realm doesn't do it. Water realm doesn't do it. Water realm, you still have just as many problems. It's the blood realm, the wine realm, the house of wine. That wine press of the wrath of the Almighty disintegrates devils, melts them like a nuclear holocaust. That's why the persecution towards the Christians evolving into the realms of wine, into the promised land of the new covenant, are the only ones persecuted in this generation. Almost no one else in America has persecution except those that are pressing and pioneering salvation for others into the blood dimensions of the Lamb, which is our final 
resting place of total sovereignty over the earth. That's why it is written in the book of Revelation that only in the blood of the Lamb shall all power, authority, dominion, might, glory, honor, and riches be given to the Lamb. Because until you are in that realm, crucified with Christ, hanging on the cross with the river of His blood, pouring through you by living the true life of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, and the fullness of the spirit of prophecy, will there ever be a transfer of all the world's power to the throne of the Lamb. And the bride are those that are on the cross with Him, releasing all of the forgiveness and the love of the Yahweh nature into the nations by blood sacrifice. That is the sovereignty of true Christianity. That is the understanding of your spiritual growth and where you are going all the days of your life as you go from glory to glory, carrying your cross, following Him, climbing Calvary as true Mount Zion until you get up on top and your cross, your tree is engrafted as a branch into the tree of life on the top. See, what is a branch engrafted? Romans 11. Other branches were cut off. What are they cut off from the cross? They didn't believe in him. But you believed in his cross. You drank his blood. So as a branch, you've been engrafted into the cross of his blood, which is the defeat of the fallen angels and the removing of sin. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Behold, I send you as sheep, lambs, to the slaughter to magnify the cross of his blood in your sacrificial life by releasing all the bloodline and genealogy of Jesus Christ, all the testimony of Jesus, all the power of God the Father, Yahweh, God the Son, Yeshua, and God the Holy Spirit, the Ruach. And you will blast everyone with that realm of the kingdom of heaven all the days of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Your financial support makes all our broadcasts possible. We have Rebecca's Room at 4 p.m. daily. Joel's Bar, 6 p.m. daily. We have Daniel's Tower, 8 p.m. daily. And Neverland Glory Acid at 10 p.m. daily. You can tune in at redlettermin.com for an absolute feast of the most delicious spiritual food in the world every day. We love you guys so much. Thank you for partnering. We'll see you tomorrow.